and hello everyone welcome to another episode of the weekly scoop um got a really cool guest uh he talks about detoxing and the importance of detoxing uh he's a wonderful guy uh, really kind of helped me dig deep into what i should put in my body what i shouldn't put in my body uh what matters, what doesn't matter uh, in, in the realm of like nutrition and macros and things like that. His name is Matt Michaels. He is a detox specialist. Uh, he is a holistic health coach, just a really, really awesome individual and taught me a lot about even like electrolytes and even just going down to the exact science of fasting, minerals, intake of food, the window of eating and and why we've been marketed everything in such a certain way and really amazing stuff there is going to be some trigger points for your ego at times and that's okay i don't want you to take anything in this episode personally and i say that because we're going to talk about some things that are sensitive some topics that are sensitive especially around covid19 um, and vaccinations. So I might get banned. Uh, we'll see on YouTube because of this episode. And I don't care because the important thing is for you guys to get the message and to get the actual message the truth, because the truth is the most important thing. And all I have is my word and my word is my bond. So I want you to be able to to hear the truth about everything. And actually, I won't be doing any ads right now. I'm going to look at some different opportunities for advertisements uh, because of what I've been awakened to (laughs) with this episode uh, in terms of like, you know, I know I was doing Liquid IV. I'm going to try and switch that up and just some more conscious uh, awareness and conscious brands because uh, they deserve the proper representation and no no ad for this episode though so I just wanted to go on kind of preface you on this amazing episode uh, because it is going to trigger you and that is what sometimes podcasting is about it's triggering an emotion triggering a feeling from you uh, because the truth sometimes isn't pretty. <laughs> the truth sometimes isn't supposed to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it's meant to make you angry, and that's okay. I want you to take that emotion and use it as fuel for um, doing the right thing moving forward and putting yourself in the right situation to be the best version of yourself. So much love to you guys, and let's get after it. super stoked for this episode got a special guest here there's a there's definitely quite the spectrum with your body and your soul and your mind all three of them connecting and uh, this guest right here is really powerful and and tries to tap into that at, at the highest form which sounds like he does at a very 
successful and efficient rate. So Matt, go ahead, introduce yourself and kind of what you do and, you know, how you go about it. What's up guys. So yeah, I'm a holistic health coach. I'm a detox specialist and essentially I help people reverse chronic health conditions through fasting, uh, that could range from plant-based diets, fruit fasts, water fasts, um, using different herbs or supplements, and then also teaching them just basic spiritual principles to apply to their life in order to not only heal physically, but also mentally and spiritually and create the life that they want rather than being the victim of disease. Right on. Um, Would you mind, are you able to go into like what chronic diseases you work with specifically? Um, It might be all over the map, but you know, we would love to know. So actually my perspective is that disease doesn't even exist. Uh, Disease is a bunch of symptoms that the medical industry has grouped into an umbrella term, but I really believe there's only one disease and that disease is acidosis. It's an accumulation of acids within the body and the symptoms of disease that we've labeled are just the body's way of removing those accumulated toxins from the body. So it could range anywhere from diabetes to cancer to arthritis, anything under the map, because at the end of the day, it's all the same root cause problem. Right on. That's uh, that's an interesting take, you know, diseases, you know, not, uh, I mean, what you're saying is it kind of roots down to this one problem and that's the buildup of acid in your, in your body, which I do agree that, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because when you see all these gut issues, bodily issues, nervous systems, the nervous system issues, that inflammation is most of the time or pretty much all the time, it's pretty acidic. You know, you think of lactic acid, you know, the word lactic acid. Yeah. Uh, it's the way it builds up in your, in your muscles. Cause I played uh, football in college and that was such a big, th- big thing, taking ice baths and stuff like that. You always talked about the lactic acid buildup. And then, you know, you talk about the acids in your stomach, you know, how those have to be regulated, uh, to digest food and be able to, um, digest nutrients. And, you know, you talk about leaky gut, and, like there are so many different things that go into, the bodily structure, but I like how you simplify it. It's just huge buildup of acid. Um, and it's interesting how you talk about the modalities, um, that you just did introducing yourself. So that being said, what do you like, since everyone is unique, everybody is unique. How do you structure each client? Cause obviously it's not going to be the same thing. How do your sessions use, how do you plan out your sessions? How do you strategically attack the root problem? Yeah, that's a great question. So really I use a biofeedback scanner. And so mm-hmm. you hold on to this device and it comes back with any type of imbalances, deficiencies, organ stress, types of toxins being physical or emotional. So it's going to come up with this overall blueprint of your state of health right there in that moment. So then I can customize a protocol for that specific individual. Uh, That being said, you know, the root cause is always going to have something to do with toxicity, with malnutrition, with dehydration. So the one thing that's going to be the same across the board is we're going to be addressing those three root causes of disease or acidosis, essentially. 
but the uh, the biofeedback scanner would be the primary way that I individualize things for that individual. You know, as I'm doing these scans, I'm also going through a whole series of questionnaire of symptomology. And so you take the information that you're getting from the scan plus their symptoms, and that tells the whole story of what you need to know and where to start. Gotcha. Symptomology. Uh, that's a real word, correct? It is. <laughs> that is crazy. I honestly didn't know symptomology was a real word. Can you break down symptomology? Yeah. So let's say that I have someone in front of me that has a thyroid condition. Well, mm -hmm. they may not know that they have a thyroid condition, but they're talking about how they feel cold all the time. They feel run down. They're getting headaches in the morning. They're dealing with constipation. Their skin is dry and flaky. It's automatically, I know that they mm -hmm. have a thyroid condition because that's what the yeah. symptomology is telling me. Okay. So, um, you know, the same thing, if we talk about adrenal problems, they're talking about they have constant state of fear <laughs> and anxiety, you know, they're always yeah. tired, they can't sleep at night, it's like, obviously, you got an adrenal issue, so the, the symptoms tell the whole story, you know, and you, you pair that with the scan, you pair that with looking at the tongue, on the face, you know, that it tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, adrenals, man. I I heavily relate to that. That was such a problem in my life. Um, Me too, man. So, how did you stumble upon this whole industry? When did you stumble upon it? How did the creation story of you happen? Like, I'm so curious how you got to this level because it's so unique how one travels to this realm. Because usually, people the way they start is they get into Western medicine and then they realize how bullshit Western medicine is and how bullshit the pharmaceutical industry is. And then they get into these Eastern medicine concepts. So where did you begin to delve into all this? And, you know, I mean, are, did you study medicine like in college or I guess like, you know, how did you get into this whole realm is what I would like to know. Yeah. So I actually went the opposite route. So I dealt with like pain and symptoms of disease since I was a kid. And really, I just self-medicated with drugs and alcohol. So I pretty much mm. did hard drugs for a living. You know, I did drugs from 14 till my mid-20s, so over a decade of just destroying myself with drugs and alcohol. Um, and, uh, you know, that whole time I'm in and out of doctor's offices trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And there's never any answers. They just want to remove organs. They want to put me on more drugs. So when I got sober in my 20s, I was really trying to figure out what was going on with me and find some solutions. Um, and I quickly realized that they didn't have any solutions and had this epiphany one day, like, they don't know what they're doing. They're just throwing shit at me. They have no idea how right. it works. So I started doing my own research and learning about diet and nutrition and started making some changes. Uh, as I was kind of going down that path, I learned about holistic medicine and naturopaths. And mm. uh, I met this naturopath when I was living in Austin. And it was so crazy. I walked in there. He's just looking at me and he's like, oh, this is wrong with you. This is wrong with you. This is wrong with you. He did some muscle testing with my arm and was like, you need these supplements. <laughs> and then within a, within a month, all the symptoms of these incurable diseases, you know, I was diagnosed with liver disease, gallbladder disease, hypothyroidism, low testosterone. Oh my goodness. I had gut issues since I was a kid, fibromyalgia because I had chronic pain. And so that really just like blew me away that 
you know, just taking some supplements could make that level of change. Now, that really opened me up to a whole new world and I became obsessed with natural healing and natural medicine. And something that I realized along my journey is, although the supplements can be helpful and they can put out fires, you know, I kept falling back into these states of dis-ease. You know, I kept having these uh, resurgences of all these symptoms. And so as I was diving deeper into solutions, I learned about the, the ne- needs for detoxification and the mm-hmm. needs of fasting, essentially. Mm. So when I switched my focus away from supplements and things like that and made my focus more on detoxing my body, changing my entire diet, lifestyle, my mindset was huge. Um, that's when I started to it, it get well and then actually maintain it rather than continuously falling back into these old cycles. Gotcha. So do you, uh, I want, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, do you, st- so do you even supplement, like, do you take any supplements now? Uh, so not, sometimes I will. So I mostly focus okay. on herbs though. So herbs. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I really believe that, you know, the herbs are for the healing of the nations. Uh, you know, every, yeah. every herb is tissue specific. It was literally designed for a specific part of our body to bring a specific resonance to strengthen, nourish, and heal that specific organ. So, you know, when you dive down the reality of supplements, they're not regulated. You don't know where they're coming from. You can get really good, high-quality medical-grade supplements, which I do use with some people. But at the end of the day, these supplements are coming in in the feed bags, like what you give to animals. And you got a scientist in a laboratory formulating these formulas. And it's just, obviously, it's better than pharmaceutical medications and things like that, but right. it's not going to address the root cause. It's just going to put a bandaid on it, just like pharmaceuticals do, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So detoxification, highly agree with that. Very fascinating. I definitely uh, love detoxing um, all the time. Like it seems I always like to just detox. It just, it seems so almost i mean even going into a sauna i feel like is a detoxification you could be doing that every day so like it's just funny how detoxing your body it's it's a never-ending thing um but it doesn't have to be this very painful experience i think it it can be just like a healing cleansing uh thing you know and so i just did a 60 hour fast so i so i just did a 60 hour water fast um I love fasting. I I've done it in total. I've only done three long fasts like this, um, over, you know, like a 48 hour period. Uh, but I feel so much, uh, cleansing and clarity when I don't eat for, you know, three days, two and a half days, whatever. How does your fasting process look for me specifically my own personal practice? Yeah, yeah. So I fast on a regular basis. So right now my current lifestyle is I eat one meal a day. So I want to hit autophagy every single day, which is around that 17, 18 hour mark. You enter into that state, which essentially means your body starts to scavenge for alternative fuel sources by recycling old damaged cells or zombie cells. So I do that every day. And recently I've been doing three to five day fasts, you know, at a minimum two, three times a month recently. 
Um, Another big thing that I'm big on when you're doing fasting is doing colon cleanses at that same time. So doing some type of enemas, whether that's herbal or baking soda or coffee enemas, which we can talk about some of that too. But in my experience, it's so important that you are actively cleansing that colon while you're in that fasted state. Otherwise you're reabsorbing all that toxic waste within the colon and that can make it a pretty unpleasant experience. Ah, yeah, no, absolutely. So what is an enema? Can you, can you go into the different enemas actually? Yeah. So an enema is just inserting, well, it can be a whole host of different things, but inserting water into the colon in order to cleanse out old fecal matter, uh, dried fecal matter. You know, we have all this mucoid plaque and buildup that builds up in the intestinal wall. And so by doing different types of enemas, you're able to pull that stuff out because that's constantly being absorbed in the body. So typically if I'm working with someone in the very beginning, I ask them to do a baking soda and sea salt enema with distilled mm-hmm. water. And that baking soda is an alkalining agent with the sea salt in there. It's, it's very cleansing. So, you know, you lay on your left side, you insert it, you fill up your cone as much as you possibly can. You sit there and massage your cone. That helps break up the excess fecal matter and things in there. And then you release it. So you're just able to dump all these toxins. Um, I'll also utilize cock or uh, herbal enemas. So pretty much any of the good cleansing herbs, burdock root, milk thistle, dandelion, mm-hmm. you name it. Yeah. Um, and you brew that up as a tea and you insert that. And that's going to not only help detoxify the colon and pull out the excess fecal matter, but it's going to support the liver and the gallbladder and cleansing those areas. Um, and right now my favorite is a coffee enema. And, you know, it's not the coffee that you drink. It's a green coffee. Uh, it's actually an Ayurvedic practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you insert that through the colon and as you lay on your right side, the blood passes through about every three minutes. So if you lay on your side for 15 to 20 minutes, that's five or six times the the circulation is going through and the liver and the gallbladder just dump bile. And that bile is filled with all these excess toxins that are absorbed into the liver. You know, the liver is like a sponge. Right. So it's just, it's just cultivating all these toxins and things like that. And so, when you do the coffee enema, it gives it the opportunity to dump, dump, dump and wring itself out. Um, and so then when you relieve yourself, it's like instant pain relief, uh, mental clarity, energy. And it's not really from the caffeine. You absorb very little of the caffeine uh, rectally. Most of that caffeine is going into the liver through the hepatic vein in order to get it to dump that bile. So That's wild. And you can do this from your house? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I usually, like I said, I usually start people with baking soda and sea salt enemas. Then the next month we'll move into some herbal because you want to get that colon cleaned out before you start trying to go after that liver. Otherwise, it's going to dump with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you can do all of it at home. You want to get a stainless steel enema bucket so you're not putting more toxins in your body. A lot of these people are using plastic or these enema bags. Uh-huh. You want to avoid that like the plague. Um, and so, yeah, as long as you make it correctly, you let it cool down, it's very easy it's only weird the first couple times you do it and then you get used to it and the the benefits far outweigh the awkwardness of getting started yeah so do you do this every time you fast i do do enemas every time i fast wow that's wild that's that's man when i when i was in austin and i was still pretty sick i uh i do you know what colonics are no can you explain that to our audience 
Yeah, so a colonic is essentially like a high-powered enema. It's like 45 minutes to an hour-long enema. And it's got this enclosed system, so the practitioner will insert a tube, and it fills your whole colon up with water and then pulls it all out, pulls it up with water and pulls it all out. So you're sitting there, and you're getting these huge releases for about 45 minutes straight. Holy shit. Uh, it's, it's crazy the stuff you see coming out, man. You see all crazy colors. You see all these uh, parasites come out, all of it. Oh, so, man. so I did 25 rounds while I was in Austin when I was chronically sick trying to get well. And that whole time, all the stuff is coming out, man. 25 rounds. So that just shows you how much extra debris is in the body. So when I fast now, it's, it's crazy. Like I could be fasting for five days. I'm regularly cleansing myself. I eat one meal a day and I still have stuff coming out of me. It's wild. Whoa, that's crazy. Um, parasites. Would love some input on because you talk about worms just now. I've been so I've gone through a couple different parasite cleanses. Um, most that I've found on holistic doctors, like on Rumble and uh, through just like friends who are in that holistic wellness practice. Um, you know, with the uh, wormwood, uh, that wormwood mixture that you can buy literally off of Amazon. And then like, you know, the, the water cleansing tablets, um, the aquaphor, I think is, or not aquaphor, the aqua, I think it's called aquapore. Those tablets you can buy on, I think you buy those on Amazon too. Um, and ivermectin as well is, you know, so what, parasite cleanses have you done because when i did my parasite cleanse oh man dude i was on a i was on a different level of energy like i felt just so free and it's funny because like i've i've i do sober spurts so like i'll go sober for like a couple months at a time um and it's funny when i do parasite cleanses and if i have like a drink or something when i come back it's just funny how easily i get drunk because part of it's not drinking for so long but i think part of it is to, like cleansing the way i cleanse my liver it's just such a it's, it's almost an extreme but what like how do how do you do your parasite cleanses yeah so one i'm going to focus on herbal like you mentioned ivermectin you know ivermectin is just synthetic wormwood so is it really? Just, yeah, they just made it synthetically so that they could patent it and sell it. That's wild. Um, it's su so it's funny because you, it's super cheap to get from per people. Like you have to get it through like you can't just go out and buy it, unfortunately, because uh, the, the U.S. government doesn't doesn't allow it. Um, but I know a lot of people took it. I know a lot of people took it during COVID, which started yeah. a whole whole fiasco um but it worked and um i see why it worked because okay so it's yeah the synthetic wormwood and i took that for about 30 days and um that's what i was prescribed by you know my friend who's a holistic doctor and chiropractor um he was he was kind of guiding me through and how it works and oh my my goodness so okay so you do something different herbal specifically yeah. what type of herbal stuff were you taking so i use a couple different formulas so as far as the the worm cleanse that i'm going to use is going to have wormwood and black walnut hole and things like that but i also mm -hmm. want to go after the parasitic bacteria and microorganisms so podiarco and things like that are going to be a great herb for that 
So I'm okay. going to combine two formulas, one for microorganisms, one for worms. Uh, you're going to use a binding agent of some sort and then a colon cleanse herbal. So we kind of stack all of those together. And then we're also going to be doing the regular enemas on top of that. Um, the diet protocol is really important. So uh, if we're doing a parasite cleanse, I want them to eat primarily raw, high in fruit, vegetables. Uh, people think that the, the sugar and fruit feeds these microorganisms and parasites, but that's just not true. It's pure sunlight energy. They feed off of fake processed sugar, refined sugars, carbohydrates, mm. but not the natural fructose in, in, in fruits. It's, that's just like, heck yeah. Fructose. Thank you for saying it. I, yeah. I sometimes have that discussion with people and that's, that's why when I talk to people, I think they miss the point because some people are like, sugar's bad in all forms, but that's not true because why would God create something that'd be yeah. bad? So like right. get, get organic fruits. Don't get the bullshit fruits that have that processed sugar in it. Get the organic fruits that are actually grown, which is hard if you don't live in a tropical climate to get some of the, like I live in the Midwest, so it's hard for me to get like a pineapple or it's hard for me to get those things. So I, I just kind of stay away from those fruits because I know it's like going to be hard for me to access like an organic, you know, pineapple in a sense. Yeah, but, sure. you know, if I can access like watermelon and those sorts of things um, from like a locally grown farmer or I know I can get it organically here in, you know, St. Louis, then I'll then I'll do that. And I have a juicer the juice, the juicer, the juicing type of cleanses that I've looked into is, is unreal. Um, so anyway, didn't mean to cut you off. No, I love the point, you know, with the, with yeah. the fruits, great stuff. Yeah. And I, I would even add to that, you know, like the, the sugar and fruit is a monosaccharide. It's, it's, it's very similar to the glycogen, glycogen stores in the liver. So mm -hmm. it doesn't even require the pancreas in order to be absorbed through the cell. So it can bypass that pancreas completely and be absorbed through that small intestinal wall for that cell. So it just acts completely different in the body than these polysaccharides, which would be your, your artificial sugars, your, your grains, white flour, things like that. So it's just, it's a completely different interaction in the body. You know, the fruits are extremely astringent, you know, like if you have a bunch of soap scum on your shower and you use fresh lemon juice, it's going to pull that stuff right off. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of fruits. They have these astringent properties. So they pull on the lymphatic system. They pull on the toxins. You know, in fact, speaking of parasites, parasites hate pineapple. They hate papaya seeds. You know, they don't like these fruits. They hate pumpkin seeds. So these, these high quality fruits and vegetables are actually powerful detoxifiers when it comes to any type of parasites and microorganisms and things like that. So I've seen people pass a lot of worms on all fruit cleanses with the, with the herbs and enemas and things like that. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, you talk about the pumpkin seeds, which I'm actually going to consume some today, which is kind of funny. Um, with, with the, with that being said, like, do, why do the worms not like those? Yeah, fruits or, you know, seeds or, you know, whatever you consume. And what happens? Like, why don't they like it? And what happens when you consume those? Like, what happens to the worm exactly, I guess? 
So I guess I'll, to answer that, I'll share my perspective on what parasites are and the role they play in the body. Yeah. I'll kind of answer the question. So we have this idea in the West uh, that parasites are the cause of a lot of the diseases and a lot of the issues in the body. But I actually hold a completely, completely different perspective where if you look at nature, what's the role of bacteria and parasites in nature? Do you know? Uh, ooh, I guess, I don't know. I always feel like everything's meant to balance each other out. Like, you know, kind of like when people, this is going to be, it's like a tangent, but you know, like when people fear like spiders or predatory quote unquote insects, those are to, to kill off like mosquitoes or to kill off, you know, different, uh, like other insects in a sense mm-hmm. to help, yeah. to help you. It's like snakes kill mice. Um, and you know, mice kill and like everything is a balancer. So I guess like the way I would think of bacteria and parasites, I guess in the, in the wild, as I would say, um, to balance out, I guess, overgrowth of, of something, but you know, what do you, what's your, what is your perspective? I'd love to hear this. So if you're walking through a forest and you come across a dead deer, it's going to be full of maggots, parasites, bacteria, right? So Uh did those, did the bacteria and parasites kill the deer? Uh, no, wait, well, no. No, they're they're there to clean up the mess. They're the decomposers. Mm. They're the cleanup crew of nature, Ah. right? So it's the same in the human body. I always say, if you want to know the truth about human health, take a look at nature. It's the greatest teacher. It'll tell you the truth every single time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we have a cleanup crew in the body, and we call it bacteria. We call it candida. We call it parasites. But they have a specific role in their body. They're essential in the body. But they need to be in perpetual balance, right? Just like nature is all about balance, our internal environment is all about balance. Mm-hmm. So when we're taking in an overabundance of high acid foods all the time, that creates an acidic environment within that body. Well, the, these parasitic bacteria, fungus, or worms in general thrive in an acidic environment because their role is to clean up the damage caused by the acids. They're the cleanup crew. So when you start to change what you consume, that starts to alkalize the body. It changes that internal environment, and then it's no longer a good space for them to be in. They're no longer being overly fed, and then the body can eliminate them. So it's more about changing the overall environment within the body rather than treating them with just pumpkin seeds or just this fruit or just that fruit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I'm getting this correctly, it's almost like parasites are telling you you're not treating your body right and it's like cleanup crew and it's not going to be fun but if you clean it up yourself you won't need us anymore we'll die off and then you'll be healthier and happier yeah exactly you know it's like so i would say that parasites or candida is a symptom not a root cause they're a symptom of the toxicity and acidosis in the body and yeah as they're cleaning up that mess their digestive process releases gases that are toxic to us and we have to get Mm -hmm. those gases out which is why it comes with symptoms when you have an an issue with the parasites or the bacteria and things like that so yeah you clean up the body everything else takes care of itself wow that's that's very unique um so with that being said to me it's important 
I guess, to get just because I was an athlete. So I was big on like nutrients, macros, like things like that. What are your thoughts on the simple macros of like fats, proteins, carbs? Like, do you think any of that's real? Because some people make the argument that we were just marketed to actually need those things to survive. Yeah, I actually love the fact that you asked that question because I like to talk about that on a regular <laughs> basis. So, yeah, I like to think about diet or nutrition way differently than than the construct that we've been sold. So, yeah, it's my perspective that when we talk about vitamins, minerals, um, macros such as fats, proteins, carbohydrates, that's all a construct that's been sold to us in order to sell products, like you said. it's It just is in alignment with the whole western medicine perspective overall so in my opinion it's we it's all about energy accumulation it's how much energy can you get from your food you can have a protein powder with 20 grams of protein but that's not bringing any sustenance into the body that's such highly processed dead bullshit that's not doing anything productive for your right so for me i want to go after the foods that are going to contain the most energy or life force in it okay no And this is why I'm so big on fruits is fruits contain the highest amount of energy of any other food, hands down. I mean, are you, are you familiar with the term angstroms? No. Can you explain that to the audience? Yeah. So angstroms is like how they measure light waves essentially. So there's a type of photography called curly on photography Mm. and they take photos of specific foods or people and it has a specific amount of light energy radiating off of it. Oh, and okay. the amount of energy radiating off of it would be in terms of angstroms. Okay. So if we take a look at organic fruit, they have, they produce about 10 to 12,000 angstroms of energy. Okay. Uh, if we look at vegetables, it's going to cut down to about six to 8,000 angstroms of energy. When we get down to raw meat, we're going to get down to about 2,000 angstroms of energy. Same as cooked grains, raw dairy, things of that nature. After we cook the meat, we pasteurize the dairy, we refine the carbohydrates, we're looking at zero angstroms of energy. It's dead food. It's got nothing to offer energetically. So, you know, I often hear people say, well, you got to have meat because of the specific nutrients in it. And so I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I don't know. But my perspective is it's more about the energy being cultivated from our foods and less about these specific nutrients as we've been kind of sold. Hmm. That's so fascinating. Um, so from the pers- in the perspective of fitness, do you think fitness has sold this kind of microcosm of what we should and shouldn't consume or, you know, macronutrients versus mineral intake and, and those sorts of things? You know, I think of the liver king whenever this type of discussion comes up because he's all about raw meat and you know all all this type of bullshit to sell um all these different things and so what's your take on some of these i guess influencers in the fitness space specifically so i the biggest problem is most people in the fitness industry are not healthy at all they may be shredded they have muscles but right they are not healthy i mean the, the average lifespan of a bodybuilder is substantially lower than that of your average individual because right. of, the, 
amount of protein, fake processed foods, supplements that they're taking, it's just destroying the body. Um, consuming that much protein is, is horrible for you. All right. Just, all right. Just basic chemistry, right? Our blood is slightly alkaline, right? If, okay, if it yeah. gets acidic or too alkaline, you're dead. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we look at protein, protein is going to be protons. It's the acid side of chemistry. It's that masculine energy. And when you eat an overabundance of protein or protons, it's going to start to deteriorate the body because of the level of acidosis being created by the high level of protein. And I mean, we know for a fact that high protein diets destroy the liver, they destroy the kidneys. So this idea that protein is the most important nutrients is, is just like ludicrous. Um, <laughs> not, not to mention the fact that when you digest protein, say you eat a, pe- a big piece of steak, right? So what we need is the amino acids, not the protein. And the body will prove that because it'll take that piece of steak, which is a complex group of amino acids grouped together. And it's going to break apart that protein and into individual amino acids. Right. Half of those acids will be broken down into sugar in order to make adenosine triphosphate or ATP, which is cellular energy. And the other half is going to be used to create protein. So when you eat high protein diets, you're actually adding a step of protein synthesis, mm-hmm. right? So right. this idea that you need protein, it, it just doesn't make any sense. In fact, amino acids from fruits and vegetables are going to be more bioavailable and it, you don't have to have that extra step of breaking down the individual protein. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's honestly crazy. And yeah, I, I never really understood the fitness industry as a whole just because of how they market to get to these insane levels of physique uh, that have no protective purpose, mechanism, whatever. Because uh, I guess the way I think of it that I never really thought of it till someone brought it up. It's like our ancestors weren't meant to be that big and that right. like, like our strength um is more for longevity purposes. Like our, our strength is to last a long time uh, by being able to run for long periods of time and be able to uh, have mental clarity because like hunting and gathering, you know, being our ancestors nature, you know, thousand years ago or thousands of years ago, um, like that still hasn't changed, you know? So like, the, the concept of muscles is very unique because it's, it's important for certain activities and sports. However, um, it's not how we were originally built. Uh, and I think a lot of people miss that mark, you know, so it's, it's very fascinating. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, people seem to think of muscles as healthy, but the more weight that you pack on, whether that's fat or muscle, the more work the body has to do to sustain itself. So muscles don't equate health. Lean muscle mass, absolutely essential. Right? For that sure. Strength. Uh, but you don't need all this protein to build that up. So. Yeah, it's funny because I was like, I lost a bunch of weight and I was like 155 pounds and I never got sick. My energy was great from morning to night. Uh, without needing caffeine, like it, it's wild how 
when I was 180 pounds, I had all these health complications. But when I was like 155 pounds and people were like, oh, you're skinny. Well, I wasn't, I'm not skinny. I'm just like lean, you know, only my brother actually created that concept of, uh, you look lean, which I appreciate him always him him telling me that, like, he never called me skinny, just called me lean. Cause he's like, you're strong, but you're just like, not as you don't have as, you don't have like any fat on you, which, um, I'm not saying fat is bad on the body. You know, it's a good reserve to have in, in certain instances. Um, but the thing is like when I was lighter weight, less fat, my body never got, like, I didn't get sick over the course of like, it was all, I think it was like a year and a half because like I didn't have these toxins like on me or these like, you know, toxic mechanisms on me. Like my, my health was extraordinary because I didn't have so much dead weight on me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, so right now I weigh about 155 and I used to be, when I got sober, I got really big into bodybuilding and I got up to 195 and I'm just like, I'm yoked up, I'm shredded, but I can't scratch my back. I'm in chronic pain all the time. I'm always sick. I feel awful. I got fatigue issues. So on the external people would think that I'm really healthy, but I was so, I was chronically sick, you know, Right. but I, I'm jacked. And uh, yeah, I get that same concept, how skinny I am all the time now, but now I got unlimited energy. I'm feeling great. I got mental clarity. I can scratch my own back. You know? <laughs> uh, it's definitely it's got some benefits to staying lean. I would say that the healthiest people are very lean. They're not big and bulky, definitely not fat. So the, the lean is important what's all about yeah absolutely um so for yeah you talk about being a bodybuilder you know being large and then like slimming down how long did that process take you the building up or the slimming down the slimming down i mean so whenever i was pretty big when i first started making huge changes to my diet so I eased in from this uh, bodybuilding style and I kind of went into this vegan lifestyle. And so I started to shred out pretty quickly, honestly. And I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I was so big because I was taking SARMs and pro hormones and all mm-hmm. these supplements, yeah. uh, destroying my endocrine system, my adrenals, right. my thyroid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I leaned out pretty quick because I'm not, I'm not supposed to be big. I don't have a big frame. I'm not designed that way. It's not natural for me. So I started to thin down pretty quickly. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, it's tough uh, because I was like 190 at one point playing football and uh, my BMI was so high, but it was like, I was so muscular. But the thing is like being a five, nine individual um, at 190 pounds, that's, that's not like the BMI I used to think body mass index, that's not correct. Like I'm not borderline obese because I have muscles, but that's not true. Like I was huffing and puffing all the time mm-hmm. being 190, even though I had abs and like I was still running like a, a four, four, a four, not four, four. I wish I had ran a four, four running a four, <laughs> seven forty. You know, I wasn't, I was still huffing and puffing walking upstairs, you know, and there was just like no cardio, like cardiovascular endurance is one
There we are. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, yeah, I just you know didn't understand why people were so addicted to like. But I get why people were were so addicted to like looking big and like looking strong. And that's what we've been marketed. Uh, but cardiovascular strength and endurance is important for a long-term life because like, if you think about it, cardiovascular runners can stay consistent for a long period of time. And that goes even deeper than just running a lot. That's like being able to consistently get up consistently go be great consistently you know do anything whereas if you're just here for the short-term gains and looking you know a certain way or whatever how are you gonna keep how are you gonna stay consistent in life when all you care about is just like how you look for a certain period of time you know and that's just that's what i had to learn through spiritual practice um and yeah i think you can still be strong but you can still be lean and uh, be able to to move mountains if you uh, mentally choose to, you know, because everything, every I think everything's a choice. It's pretty yeah, wild. But I, I yeah. totally agree. And, you know, it's interesting because we have been sold this level of vanity when you do have a, I, I've worked with myself and other people who are really big into their physique. And when you, dedicate yourself to this healing journey and making these types of changes so that you can properly cleanse and heal your body, you're going to drop a lot of weight. And so it really challenges that perspective you have and that need to be validated through your physical appearance. And I think that that's such a powerful process of detoxification and healing the body is allowing yourself for your perspective is you're, you're breaking down, right? And that's mm-hmm. really messing with your ego. And this gets into the spiritual side of detoxification. And you really have to let go of that perspective and that vanity in order to go down this journey of self-healing and detoxification. And just to piggyback on what you said, you know, as far as the cardiovascular being more important than these big muscles, if we just take a look at humans uh, as hunters and gatherers, as our ancestors, you don't want these huge bulky dudes when you got to go out and get a kill. You know, you need, you need that stamina. You need that endurance. You need to be, have that cardiovascular strength, uh, not these huge muscles. That's not going to help you actually survive as a hunter or a gatherer. So I think that that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting, quite fascinating. And, you know, I, I like the show. Um, Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on it. It's on Netflix. It was like a survival show. And it was fascinating to see like big people going on this show and they had to literally build their own shelter and they have to hunt their own food, gather their own food. And it was crazy to see the differences in their appearance when they would be on day 40. And it's just like, you know, a month, you know, month and a half they lose like, you know, 40 pounds, which is crazy. Um, just because they are not used to the comfort and the ease of, you know, what we have as humans now. And I think that's why I like fasting too, from a spiritual perspective, because, uh, it's uncomfortable to starve yourself, um, for days at a time. 
Um, and then like you have things come up where it's like, oh, it's just me and my thoughts because I can't think about digesting food. So like you have sometimes good thoughts, sometimes a little shadow work, but it's 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 the best. And um, I guess, you know, from a spiritual perspective, how do you integrate that with your business? What the fasting? Yeah, just like fasting and even just your business as a whole. Like, how do you integrate spirituality with it? Well, so for one, it's my opinion that when we fast or we do any type of detoxification, that burns past karma. Right? You're making the sacrifice to eliminate the consequences of consistently violating the laws of nature, which have resulted in the state of dis-ease, right? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, from Eastern philosophies, water, they say that water fasting for a day burns a lifetime of past karma from previous lives. So what I teach is like, as we're in this detox protocol or we're fasting, we're making this sacrifice. And, you know, a lot of people in the Midwest, especially have this Christian perspective and we all hear about the powers of prayer and fasting. Um, but I think it's over a lot of people's heads why that's so powerful and you're making this sacrifice by choosing not to eat. You're making yourself uncomfortable. Um, and then you are speaking things into existence, which is what we call prayer, right? So you have this power behind what you're saying to manifest your reality because you're making this current sacrifice. So as I have people on this detox or these fasting, I have them do a journaling practice. And that journaling practice is, one, you want to detox the mind. So you're dumping out any negativity, doubt, fears that you're having in that moment. Uh, and you want to do that in I feel statements, not I am statements. You don't want to own it. You don't want to claim it. You just want to get mm -hmm. it out of your mind. So I feel like this. I feel like that. I'm having these thoughts come up. Then you follow that up with a gratitude process because gratitude is the key to opening up the cells ready to receive something new. So clearing out the old getting ready to receive something new and then writing out your top three goals in present tense affirming. So you're basically say you want wealth. You're like, I'm so grateful for my abundant wealth. I love the fact that money resources flow to me with ease in increasing amounts, right? So you're, you're clearing out that doubt. You're with the gratitude, you're preparing yourself for something new and then you're claiming or rewriting your future narrative as if it already is. So you're just putting that into existence. So, you know, the whole fact of spirituality, in my opinion, is to come to this understanding that we are here to be co-creators. We're here to be connected with God, with source, and we're made in God's image because we are also creators, right? So we're here to manifest heaven on earth, and that starts with manifesting heaven within ourselves. We got to embody heaven ourselves. And so when you go through this process, you're able to start realizing how that actually works in the power of the spoken word, of the written word, to become your greatest self, create the life that you want. And as you become your greatest self, then you become an attribute to all of those around you. You know, if you want to change the world, change yourself, ultimately. So that's kind of how I tie in the spirituality with the physical healing. That's amazing. Yeah. I think mindset is really everything with what you do and the intention of everything of what you do. Um, yeah, the, re the reason 
I like to cold plunge, fast, sauna. Um, I, I like to be uncomfortable because I've been uncomfortable for most of my life um, in a way of, um, I don't, I guess, yeah, I kind of do seek it at times. But, um, you know, having, I think having cancer as a, as a young kid, like I learned what the body sometimes has to go through to cleanse itself. I remember um, when I was sick, going through treatment, I would get like uh, viruses that would pop out. And the sweating of the homeostasis of a virus getting rid of itself out of your body is such a, it is a physical thing, obviously, but it is like a spiritual concept of like, something is exiting your body. Uh, and it's, it's really crazy when you actually say, you know, it is that deep because people will, will try to say like, it's not that deep, but it really is that deep when you go into the, the weeds of it and the thick of it, because like Western medicine, they hide a lot of spiritual practices that happened in the past tense. Like, you know, when the native Americans were on this land specifically, and, you know, we're using the holistic herbal practices, you know, they believed in a lot of spiritual entities being tied to illnesses, um, whether it's mental or physical, like they tied it to the spirit, um, which is why, you know, they have like those, those like, uh, like sauna tents and why they have, you know, like a, tobacco pipe it's why you know they have psychedelics it's why they do so many just so many things um and yeah it's just it it's it's pretty powerful stuff uh when you actually go into the history of medicine beyond what you learned in grade school because they don't tell you shit (laughs) and everything they do tell you is a complete lie and it's just nonsensical um you know, like the first thing you said is you're talking about you like to do those types of practices because it makes you get uncomfortable. And I will definitely say in order to heal, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's just yeah, it's essential. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's through the discomfort that we grow, that we become the best versions of ourselves. You contract before you expand and you have to be willing to go through that process, you know. And that's healing your physical body. That's going after your dreams. You know, as an entrepreneur yourself, you know that. You go after something, it goes really well, then it goes to shit and you got to build it back up again. And it's that process that turns you into the individual that you need to be to manifest the dreams that you want in your life. Right. That's that's so big. Um, and then the other thing that you're, you're talking about, the emotional side and the spiritual side of disease. And there's actually a type of uh, medicine called German New Medicine. Have you heard of that? Yeah, you know what I have, but... Can you explain for the audience and myself what German medicine is? Because like I've heard tidbits of it, but I still don't quite understand it. So German New Medicine basically teaches that all diseases is emotional, that everything is emotional. The physical plays very little role in it whatsoever. And I don't necessarily, uh, I don't necessarily believe that, but I do believe it's huge role in it right the emotions Mm -hmm. play a massive role in your health but it basically came about the doctor that started it he uh he had a son die and then right after that all of a sudden he was diagnosed with testicular cancer 
Oh, wow. And so he, and he was really healthy before, never had any sign of it. And so he just started thinking and he basically started collecting all these people who got diagnosed with cancer and interviewing them. And he found this consistent basis of before the cancer, something tragic happened in their life and they took on this trauma or this emotion and that resulted in, in cancer. So he basically drew this conclusion. It's almost like a mix between that and Chinese medicine. Uh, so as far as like you have your masculine side and your feminine side and all of that. So it all coincides with the emotions and what they're tied to and how that impacts your body and where you get that cancer essentially. So like uh, he lost a child, a male child. So he got cancer in his left testicle. And so that's, it kind of goes down to that level. And I would say that it's 50, 50 physical and emotional as far and mental, as far as, disease is concerned. You know, we do have these physical toxins. We do have these emotional toxins and the body doesn't know the difference. It's just toxins in the body, acidic food, acidic thoughts, all that's going to damage our physical body. You know, we store the issues are in your tissues, right? The body keeps the score. These are all basic concepts that are just, mm-hmm. just act, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this is going to be a controversial thing uh, for <laughs> people that believe in this topic. Uh, what's your take on vaccinations creating um, cancer itself? And I say that because, so I listened to a Candace Owens episode of her show and she pulled up a study. I can't remember which vaccination it was, but it was a vaccination that linked to childhood leukemia, which is what I had. And it, it really lit a fire under me from a standpoint of uh, the harm that vaccines can actually do uh, because she makes a good point of why, why, why would God create our bodies if our bodies couldn't handle the stuff thrown at us? Why do we need a vaccination for it? It's almost like, where's the trust with God in that? Um, and but the, but also with this too that I'm trying to get at is, you know, the vaccinations creating cancers like within a child or turbo cancers with recent vaccines, like what, um, what are your thoughts on that physically? What are your thoughts on the spiritual side of that too? And uh, yeah, just kind of want to yeah. hear your thoughts on it. I love that question and that topic. And for one, I would say that I don't believe in contagion. So I don't believe that you can catch colds, flus, viruses. In fact, contagion is a brand new concept that started within the last hundred years with Western allopathic medicine. Uh, If we look at any of the ancient healing modalities, there's no such thing as catching other things. Contagion doesn't exist, in my opinion. So that Mm -hmm. being said, I do believe that all the vaccines are designed to actually cause disruptions in the body. It destroys the gut. You know, these vaccines, if you just go to the CDC website and read the ingredients in these vaccines, right? you're talking about, you got tissues from different animals, you got heavy metals, you got preservatives. It looks like a witch's brew. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's black. (laughs) It's yeah. I mean, if you look at the word pharmacy, derived from the Greek word pharmakia, which means witchcraft and sorcery. It's a form of black magic, you know? So I do believe that the vaccines are actually about destroying the human body. 
if I mean, we can just look at it from basic logic and reasoning. Over 50% of all children now have a chronic illness. So if the vaccines are supposed to increase our health, why is our population getting more and more fat and sick and tired? You know, so obviously they don't have a positive health impact on the body. (laughs) Right. You know, and the, they call the gut the second brain now. I would say the gut is the primary brain. It's the first brain. And it's our, it's our connection with our intuition, Mm -hmm. our connection with God. And so when we're pumping these vaccines full of all these metals and toxins, it destroys the gut. So it destroys that, that sense of intuition, that connection with God. And I think that's mostly what the vaccines are about, calcifying the pineal gland, shutting down your intuition. And I think the extra benefit from them is the physical toxicity that comes with that. You know, just like one of the craziest things about the vaccines is, you know, they got mercury and aluminum in it, and then they have polysorbate 80, which is a preservative that actually breaks down the blood-brain barrier. So you got the polysorbate 80 in there to break down the blood-brain barrier, so then these metals can get up into the brain. So then we lead to the pineal problems and uh, that connection with God in that route. So, yeah, I think that uh, it's part of a depopulation agenda. It has nothing to do with human health. If if you really start researching the history of vaccines and oh yeah diseases like polio, like it's such nonsense, man. There's no there's no science in it. Right. Yeah. And um, you know the oil companies. Yeah, the the oil tycoon John D. Rockefeller created the pharmaceutical industry, which right. he was the creator of oil and oil based, you know, consumption of cars. I mean, they're putting also petroleum based substances in vaccine in vaccines, because like, why wouldn't he put his own his own product into a vaccine? Like and people don't want to wake up to that, which is completely, it's, it's fine. I can't control their thoughts or their mind and that's okay. Um, it's just, uh, the facts are the facts. Why would I want to trust a tech billionaire with him creating something you put in your body? Like, I'm not going to trust Bill Gates with a vaccine. And he was one of the creators of the COVID-19 vaccine, the mRNA. You know, it's just, um, it's just madness, you know, and the propaganda the, to, to put that up on a platform was, it was very calculated and, you know, it is what it is, but that's the thing. Like we got to trust ourselves and not just put our hands or our, our livelihood or our health into the hands of someone who just has a lot of money, but doesn't. Like that's that's what blows my mind is how is Bill Gates the decision maker of your well being when he doesn't even also he doesn't even look healthy like he's fat he's out of shape he's wrinkly like like we're putting our our well being into the hands of this guy right. there's no way there's yeah, no yeah. way I could go for that <laughs> it, yeah man it's it's so crazy and that comes back to the whole thing of like the spiritual side of these things is people want to give away their personal responsibility to someone else. They don't want to be accountable and responsible for their own state of health. So, you know, if you were 
chronically sick and it's not your fault, it just happened to you, you just caught it, and then you're dependent upon these doctors or billionaires to, to fix you and resolve you, it takes out any need for you to make change or actually address yourself. And I think that that's the primary problem is that that people don't want to be held accountable or take personal responsibility for their health. So it's easier just to take the vaccine, take the pill, do what they tell me so that they don't have to take that responsibility for themselves. Mm -hmm. So empowering people to take control of their health is really the beginning of having any type of conscious awakening in order so we can stop following this nonsense and listening to these ridiculous tech billionaires that are in the depopulation just put it simply so yeah no that's very true um so to transition what are your thoughts on uh nootropics and mushrooms yeah so love mushrooms uh nootropics it really just depends because a lot of them are artificial and made Mm -hmm. in the laboratory and i'm not a big fan of that okay Um, but i do love like adaptogenic mushrooms or adaptogenic herbs, which I would say are nature's nootropics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the the benefits of the adaptogen. So essentially, adaptogen means that it helps you adapt to stress. So whether you're too much of something or too little of something, it's going to help bring that state of balance. Um, mm-hmm. And in today's world, when we're put in a constant state of stress from all angles all the time, I mean, those are those are powerful healing modalities. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I take lion's mane and chaga. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the two main ones I take. I mean, psilocybin has been another thing too, that I've taken, uh, not as much anymore, uh, kind of past that phase in life, which, you know, who knows, maybe I'll get back to that, uh, at some point in time, but yeah. So what are your thoughts on, since you, you know, I talk about lab created, what are your thoughts on like nootropic coffee? So are you talking about like the mushroom coffee? Yeah. What are your thoughts oh. on that? That's been a craze. So that's why I ask. And I, yeah, and so- I actually, I drink it too. So I want my bubble burst if that's, if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a firm believer in those mushrooms. So I think that's great. Um, I would say it depends on the brand and what else they're putting into it. So, yeah. uh, I don't think caffeine is good for the human body. So right. if I recommend it to somebody, it's to help them get off coffee. And I want one that's going to be caffeine free and really just focus on the power of mushrooms mm-hmm. and stimulants in general. Um, but I think it's an amazing tool for transitioning people off of their addiction of caffeine and coffee and things like yeah. that. And uh, I mean, I take... I take a mixture of medicinal mushrooms every single day. It's called shroom juice and it's got the lion's mane, the chaga, turkey tail, uh, reishi, and it's powerful. I love that stuff. It's really good. Right on. Yeah. No, I think it's a great, well, I think it's first and foremost a great substitute to Adderall and Ritalin. That shit's terrible. Um, So I think lion's mane is such a great transition. to weed off of that because i mean when i take it i don't even take heavy doses i take like 250 milligrams um which most doses from what i see most people take like 500 to a thousand um and i remember i took a thousand one time and i was like just 
so focused in. I got so much done in like a four hour period and I didn't even look up, which was wild. Um, but it was great. Uh, and so that's why I love nootropics. Um, but yeah, caffeine, I was on heavy amounts of caffeine then I lost all the weight and then I was like, I'm going to get off caffeine. And then like, I didn't need it. And it was, it was, it was an adjustment, but it actually wasn't that hard. Like, because I woke up with great energy, I went to bed with great energy and I rode that wave and I was like, damn, like it really is just like me being a little over, like me, like I'm not fat, but like it's me having too much fat on my body and that's why I'm sluggish. And um, so like to transition to the nootropics has been interesting. And yeah, the coffee aspect is, is interesting because I had to switch a coffee because at first they didn't have caffeine. It was just the mushrooms. But then they started, I, I remember I grabbed the bag one day and it was for Sigmatic. And I grabbed the bag one day and I was like, holy shit, it says caffeine on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Like when did they, ch and they changed it up and I'm like, well, this is kind of pointless because this is what I was trying to get off. This is what I was getting rid of. Uh, but I like the coffee taste. So that was like another thing too. Um, but yeah, like it's just, it's crazy how we can substitute a lot of what we consume. Like we can substitute a lot of Western medicine. We can substitute everything. <laughs> Actually, now that I think of it, we can just substitute everything. Uh, and I guess like another question that I have is what about the electrolyte brands that you see now? What's your, cause like, the, I feel like that's like liquid IV was the first. And now I, it's like you go down to any, if you go in a grocery store, which I try not to do that much, but if you go into a grocery store and you see the aisle now, it's like filled with all these electrolyte brands. And it's like, most of these are bullshit. So like, how is there a way to even just, I mean, do you create your own electrolyte kind of substances? Do you even touch those or what's your, what's your process? All right. So for one, the best way to get electrolytes is through fruits. You know, that's going to be loaded up with your electrolytes, you know, yeah. through juicing and things like that. There's no better way to get your real electrolytes. Most of the electrolyte supplements are synthetic. And the body doesn't utilize anything synthetic. So like you said, it's all, it's all marketing gimmicks. And this actually ties in with the coffee. You know, when you're drinking coffee on a regular basis, it actually depletes you of magnesium and calcium. It depletes you of your primary electrolytes. So then we have this lack of electrolytes. And then, oh, well, it's okay. We got to supplement. To, so you can supplement those electrolytes that are being depleted mm -hmm. by your caffeine consumption. And so for me, the primary way I want to get my electrolytes is through, through juicing, by eating fruits. You know, if, if you need electrolytes, eat a honeydew. You're going to get everything you need from that, hands down. Um, mm -hmm. As far as supplements are concerned, I do use this uh, supplement called Spectrolyte for people. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's got natural electrolytes in it, and it's got shilajit in it. So it's got all the traces. I love, I love shilajit. Yeah, and it, that's good stuff, like... Uh, I've noticed for myself, you know, when I do, when you do coffee in the muzzle, I can cause some electrolyte imbalances yeah. and you take that stuff and it just takes care of it right away. So there are some good natural supplementation for electrolytes like shilajit and things like that, but you're, you're not going to find them in the grocery store, I'll tell you that. Yeah, which, 
speaking of shilajit, testosterone is such a hot topic with men because it's declining at a rapid rate. So working with different holistic testosterone coaches that I've worked with, you know, did the ashwagandha, um, did the Tangarali, like I've cycled those things, um, and the shilajit. So it's marketed as a testosterone booster, but I feel like that's not the main thing that it, the main reason that you take it or the main thing that it does. What is, and I, and you're an expert, so I want you to explain shilajit because I feel like you would explain it better than I would just because I'm not a medical professional at all. What, like, what is shilajit? What does it do for you? And how does it boost your testosterone? If that's even so, real. So it's a, it's a black goo essentially that is, comes from volcan- volcanoes and it's full of all of your trace minerals. So as far as it boosting testosterone, well, we need minerals for testosterone production, specifically zinc. So that could play a role, but I would say with all those supplements, the ashwagandha, the, uh, the shilajit, the, what was the other one that you listed? Tangarali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are all band-aids for testosterone, but they don't actually address the the root cause of low testosterone that we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. So I think that those can be great additions, but it's really our lifestyle and our diet that needs to change for that testosterone production. And I mean, we could actually get into what hormones really are from here too, but you know, what we need for good testosterone production is we need sunshine. We need naked sunbathing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we got to stop wearing polyester or any of these synthetic fabrics on our balls, these tight boxers. All that stuff is restricting those balls and lowering testosterone levels. Um, drinking tap water, you're full of atrazine, which, you know, it literally does turn a male frog into a woman frog if you, if you leave it in a thing of atrazine. So, we're being systematically right. poisoned with these chemicals that reduce testosterone, all the microplastics, the fake processed foods. We're not getting sunlight. We're not exercising correctly. We're not doing the breath work. We're not getting fresh air. We lack confidence because uh, we're watching porn all the time. We're playing right. video games all the time. So we are losing our, our masculinity because of our diets and our lifestyle. Um, and so I... I play around with this concept of hormones are essentially the chemical messengers within the body that tell the cells what to do, right? So mm-hmm. we are made of a hundred trillion cells and the mind is the governing force for all hundred trillion cells. So essentially our thoughts create hormones, right? So if we think, if we have a low view of ourselves we are low confidence, our cells are going to act that out. And therefore we're going to have low testosterone because that's what's associated, associated with low testosterone. So this comes into the holistic side of things. So we got to do all these things with our lifestyle, with our diet, but it's also changing the way we think, uh, going after purpose, accomplishing things, going after that girl that builds that confidence, that builds that testosterone. So it's, it's so much more than just taking a supplement or, or anything like that. It's, it's about really changing all aspects of yourself and that's what's going to boost that testosterone Mm, yeah and um yeah i think it helps with yeah just uh mood balance with the the supplements too that i was talking about uh because like in the end that's kind of what 
ashwagandha and tangarali do they kind of just regulate your your mood and your stress and that can that can help with cortisol and yeah there's just so many it's just so many things where on the label it looks nice but i think if you understand the why behind it you'll understand how it actually can you know help you Mm -hmm. so i always like that clarity speaking of uh mood balance uh sleep what like What's your thoughts on sleep? How much sleep do you need? Um, why it's important? So sleep is how we heal and regenerate. Um, it's how we get out of this physical existence into the world that's more real than the world we're currently experiencing. So um, our REM cycle goes in three-hour increments, so it's best to try to sleep within those three-hour increments, so six hours, nine hours, anything within that three hours. So you get the full REM cycle before awakening typically is best. Uh, It's important to understand that the body works on a body clock, right? Every couple hours we switch which organs are being focused on, healed, cleansed, so on and so forth. So it's really important that we get into bed and sleep by 10 p.m. because that's when the gallbladder starts doing its work. And so if say you're staying up till 3 a.m. on a regular basis, you're missing out on gallbladder cleansing time, you're missing out on liver cleansing time, you're not able to regenerate those. And the the first six hours from like 10 to, to four are the most important hours to be asleep. So you're missing the most powerful hours when you're staying up too late and things like that. Um, think it's important not to eat close to bedtime because then your body is digesting rather than resting so you're not going to get that good high quality sleep um and i just to bed with the sun and rise with the sun i think that's the other thing that's really important is when you do wake up getting outside first thing to get that sunlight in the in the eyes you know we were made to be awakened by that sunlight and it triggers the gut through the pineal gland to create serotonin which is our number one feel-good neurotransmitter in the body. So that's going to make give us energy, uh, creativity, feeling connected to others, motivation. So when we miss out on that that first sunlight in the morning, you know that's just putting us at a detriment right off the bat. Um, some other things for sleep that I'd like to hit on is turning off the Wi-Fi at night, keeping your your electronic devices out of that room. Uh, they give off something called EMFs or electromagnetic frequencies. And this triggers the pineal gland just like light. So that pineal gland is supposed to produce melatonin and DHEA while you're sleeping. And the melatonin helps you heal and regenerate. The DHEA breaks down into your sex hormones, such as testosterone. So that plays a major role in that too. So if you're staring at these screens, then you're not producing that melatonin. If you are sleeping in a room swimming in EMFs, you're not able to heal and regenerate in your sleep, even if you are sleeping. So that's a huge one is cutting out all that. I mean, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, all that stuff is a, is a military weapon, to be honest with you. Um, and that's causing huge problems for our sleep. Some people, you remove that and they start sleeping oh, much better by turning off the Wi-Fi and things like that at night. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm one of those people that really values sleep, really values, um, eight hours of sleep, you know, don't always get that, but, 
I mm-hmm. if you if you catch me less than six, I'm dead to the world. That's for that's for sure. So yeah, I'm with you. Um yeah, EMFs are huge right now. You know, I think that people are waking up to the harms of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. While they can be helpful, um, there are definitely harms to consuming those on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man, what yeah, what an just an eye-opening bit of information just all around. And you know, I think that it leads to this question that I have for you. What do you I guess why is it so important for your physical health to translate to your spiritual health, emotional health, but also like as an entrepreneur when you're starting a business, why is your physical health such a pivotal piece? I think people do neglect that when they're starting a business. Totally. So I think that it's important to realize you can't separate the physical from the spiritual to the mental. It's, it's all one. So you can't just work on your spirituality without working on your physical or vice versa. It, It all works cohesively together as a single unit. So if, I mean, as far as an entrepreneur, you know, we live in this culture where it's grind, 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 go out there and do right. more, do more. And I think that in reality, that grind should be put towards your self-development, your own personal development. And as you focus on becoming the best you that you can possibly be, then that translates into becoming the individual that can create the business or the life that you want, essentially. But it all starts with that doing that internal work. And part of that internal work is is taking care of your physical body. You know, uh, this body is a temple for spirit, for God, for the creator, for whatever you want to call it. And if we're consistently polluting it and we are filthy, how are we going to expect to create this life that we want and bring it into fruition? You know, um, we've kind of talked about it already, but the human body is electric, right? And mm-hmm. so if, if we're filling our body with these toxins and these heavy metals, it's going to mess with our level of conductivity or our frequency or our vibration. And our external experience is simply a reflection of our internal environment, right? So if, if we are focused in this place of fear, doubt, negativity, depression, anxiety, and we're eating all this junk food all the time and we're not exercising or moving our body, we're lowering our conductivity, we're lowering our frequency, we're lowering our vibration. And so we're never going to be able to create that life, that vision that we have, because we're not even on that level. So you have to become the individual that is living the life that you're working towards. It's not the other way around. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm one of those people that really values physical well-being because I can't translate it to performing as an entrepreneur, uh, without it. And, you know, that's why I've never really let myself go in a sense, in a, in a bodily term. Um, the, the furthest I've let myself go in is just not being holistically sound. It's not like I gained a bunch of weight and stuff like that. Um, but the thing is like when I started waking up more consciously in 20, 20 basically um that's when i really started to value my physical well-being and now 
having this energy, having this mental clarity has given me the opportunities to create offerings that I wouldn't have done if I kept doing the same thing over and over again every day for my life, for the rest of my life, you know? And, um, I think truly successful people, truly happy people are healthy and they live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and you know, it's, it's all about creating the environment that you want to create. If you want to create the best environment for yourself, um, you have to adapt to, um, everyday changes. And then you also just have to kind of revert back to how we survived at in the past. Um, and it's funny because, you know, they say like, you know, I think the average lifespan has been skewed by the media and by pharmaceutical companies and those sorts of things to promote vaccinations and, you know, these medications and those sorts of things. I do think the life expectancy was better uh, in the past because they had healthier food. They had (laughs) not, they didn't have the EMFs that we have now, you know, it's so fascinating, which is why, you know, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to believe the life expectancy uh, rate. Uh, So it's almost like reverting back to your ancestral like tendencies while also progressing in society, I think is such a, a crucial balance as well. Yeah, uh, I think that that's perfectly said. I often say that in order to make, get healthy again, it's about getting back to our most natural state of being and living the way we are designed to be. And I've gotten lots of uh, pushback on things I teach, and people tell me life expectancy is higher than it's ever been. It's like that is just not true. <laughs> that is not true. That's what you've been told. That's the story that you've been sold. But it's not true. But even if it was true, let's just say hypothetically that life expectancy is longer right now, the quality of life that people are living to that expectancy is awful. I mean, I see 40-year-olds that are chronically sick and barely functioning. Their life is awful. They may be alive, but they're not living at all. Um, So even if the artificial drugs and the technology that we have today are keeping people alive longer, it's not a life worth living. They, they are sick, they're diseased, they're tired, they're depressed, they're anxious, and they spend their whole life watching TV and going to the doctor. I mean, you see these, these people are slaves their whole life until they retire, and then they get to spend their retirement in front of the TV going to the doctors because they're too sick to live the life that they've been working for. And mm-hmm. so... Right. I think that even more important than how long we live, it's it's the quality of life that we're able to. Yeah. What's your uh, biggest demographic from a client perspective? And what's the biggest issues that you're seeing? Uh, I would say uh, young to middle-aged women. Women in general are the highest because a lot of men really have a hard time with like, <laughs> prioritizing health. their health. <laughs> Well, and they just, they don't believe that the, what they eat or consume affects them. It's, it's pretty crazy. So men are highly skeptical of anything natural means is what I've noticed. So it's usually the mm. woman that shows up and then she brings the family when she gets results. Um, so that being said, some of the main things that I see early menopause is huge. Like that's crazy. Women hitting menopause in their forties. It's nuts. Um, PCOS, endometriosis, all these hormonal disorders for women, 
losing their menstrual cycles and things like that. I see that constantly. Um, and honestly, I would say that's the main thing. PCOS is rampant, man. It's, it's so common. Most women today have some form of, which PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. So it's when you get a bunch of cysts on the ovaries, it's going to be associated with blood sugar imbalances and high testosterone in a women, in women. So uh, that's one of the most common ones that I see these days. Okay. Uh, other than that, gut issues always, hands down, are, uh, are a major issue. Arthritis, these degenerative diseases, um, so chronic pain and things like that are what I see most common. Uh, are these reversible? I don't think there's any condition that's not reversible. I don't believe in, again, I don't believe in disease, so I don't believe there's anything that you can't reverse. Do you think aging can be reversed? I think that it can be reversed, absolutely. I think that that's the power of fasting. Um, Yeah. Fasting is the fountain of youth, and uh, I would like to go into, like, the breakdown of the benefits of fasting by the hour and the day and why it's so powerful. But, you know, things like PCOS is these hormonal imbalances, so... If you have them fast with their menstrual cycle, so uh, there's actually a, a doctor named Mindy Peltz, and she wrote a book called Fast Like a Girl. And some of the most pushback I would get from women when I would suggest fasting is like, oh, women can't fast. It's not good for me. It's only good for men because men are on a daily cycle, but women are on a monthly cycle. So she actually got rid of that excuse by creating this protocol of fast like a girl. So you're actually fasting at specific times that help with the estrogen uh, production in the beginning. And then at the end, when it's more progesterone focused, you don't fast because that's when you want to eat more and have more of those carbohydrates and prepare for the, the actual menstrual cycle. So, but when you start doing that type of fasting and then fixing their blood sugar imbalances by eating the right foods, by doing the fasting, once you fix their metabolic issues and the blood sugar And then you really focus on detoxification because the cysts are just accumulated lymphatic waste that the body can't get out. So it creates cysts to store that lymphatic waste, uh, which we could get into what all that is too. Uh, So if you help them detoxify that, you can get rid of those cysts. I've, I've had women where they told them that the only thing they could do was remove their ovaries uh, and that they would never be able to have children. And within six months of, changing their diet, fasting, and taking supplements, they no longer had any cysts. Wow. That's crazy. Um, So from a fasting perspective, what happens hour by hour? So when you hit that 17 to 18 hour mark, that's when you hit autophagy. And autophagy means self-eat. So the body scavenges for alternative fuel sources uh, so that would be old damaged cells, we could say, which I'm not a real big believer in viruses, but we could say viruses, anything that's a protein. So viruses, pathogens, bacteria, anything along those lines, the body would use that as a fuel source. So it's this cleaning mechanism within the body. After you hit about 24 hours, that's a gut microbiome reset. So the appendix is able to actually replenish the microbiome with the beneficial gut bacteria that you need to properly digest and break down your foods. After about 36 hours, that's prime fat burning. You are really tapping into those fat reserves. So anyone that's looking to lose weight doing these 36-hour fasts on a regular basis is a powerful way to fix your metabolic system and lose weight. 48 hours 
is a dopamine reset. So your body, your brain will actually start to create new dopamine receptors. So when you do break your fast, your food tastes better. Um, you are more motivated. You have, that's your reward center, right? So you get new receptors. Everything's going to feel better when you're doing those things. Uh, and then the real magic is at about 72 hours uh, from a Western perspective, they say you have a brand new immune system. From my perspective, you have a brand new lymphatic system. And so you have all new white blood cells. So you're able to eliminate toxins at such a high efficient rate from that point forward. Now, as soon as you hit autophagy, your body starts to release stem cells. And mm. so people are out here spending thousands of dollars on stem cell therapy. And all you got to do is just stop eating. So those stem cells are going to go to whatever areas of the body it needs most to, in order to repair. So uh, there's a saying, which is true, all disease begins in the gut. So typically the first place the body's going to start to heal is the digestive system, the gut and the intestines. But other than that, the longer that you're in this fasted state, the, the more benefits that you get exponentially as far as detoxification and repair is concerned. Um, and... It is my belief system that anything can be reversed and cured through fasting for a long enough time. So anything from blindness, uh, what they call cancer, what they call AIDS, any of that stuff can be resolved through long-term fasting because all of it is just a process of toxins in the body and you can get those toxins out. So. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I never, I didn't realize the stem cells portion. So when does that start again? So when you hit the state of autophagy is when you start getting stem cells released. And that's how many hours? 36? 17 to 18 hours. 17, that's right. Cause you do that every day you say, right? Yeah. 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 That's um, crazy. And now the, you know, your autophagy maxes out at about five days. So not meaning that it drops down, it just doesn't go any higher rate than five days. So you hit that five-day okay. mark, you're at the highest level of autophagy, and you're getting the most out of your stem cell therapy that you're manufacturing yourself as well. You know, like So yeah, what you're saying is the autophagy, which is the state of eating like, you know, the cancer cells, virus damaged cells, it it peaks at five days but it, it it will still search for those cells is what you're saying, correct? Yeah, exactly. That process continues the whole time you're in that fasted state. Right, because so, I think I think even where I was confused maybe on that in the past was uh, like when when I thought peaking, it's like, oh, autophagy is like done, but it, it's mm -hmm. you're still in that state. You're still looking for cancer cells or damaged cells or whatever, uh, but you know, it's not, it's just not going to go any, it, the, the percentage is not going to be like a thousand percent. Like it's going to peak or it's going to stay at, you know, whatever percentage that is. Right. And, you know, and so really pretty much all modern diseases are a product of consistently violating the laws of nature. It's a state of overconsumption, you know, so we think to reverse diseases, we need more of the right kind of foods, more of the right kind of nutrients and all this stuff. But it's really about actually abstaining from eating and consumption is the fastest way to heal the body. I mean, even in nature, if a dog gets sick or breaks a leg, what does it do? It stops eating. It fasts. It sits by a body of water and it drinks water and it rests and it fasts. 
So again, if we want to know the truth about how to heal the body, just look at nature. They know it intuitively, instinctively. And really we do too. If you get a cold or a flu, you usually lose your appetite. But somehow we've been brainwashed into believing, oh, you need to eat for your strength, but that's actually lowering your strength, your energy, your vitality to heal. Um, and that's that's because every time our our digestive system utilizes about 75% of our energy every time we eat. So when you cease to eat, you have 75% more energy that the body can utilize to cleanse and heal itself and to repair. So there's there's really no better medicine than the fasting. Mm. Do you consume do you consume anything to um like or is it just water when you fast do you uh, consume anything i prefer fasting on distilled water so mm-hmm. distilled water is completely neutral there's there's no alkalinity there's no acidosis it is just perfectly neutral and so because of that it really pulls out anything with a positive charge so calcification uh, inorganic minerals uh, heavy metals, it's going to do a great job at pulling those things out of the body while you're in that fasted state. So that's what I tend to, to fast on. Um, some people will drink coffee. I'm not a big fan of that for fasted state. We're trying to uh, cultivate more energy, not, not lose it with the caffeine. So I'm not a big fan of that. But mm-hmm. primarily distilled water, you could put some lemon in it. You could put some electrolytes in it if you get like lightheaded or dizzy. But I tend to just stick with straight distilled water. What um, what type of electrolytes would you put in it in a water during a set? Oh, a so fast I would use that oh just the system. yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. If someone didn't have something like that, could they put? Would salt like I know people talked about salt water too. Would that like Himalayan salt? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Celtic sea salt would be what I would recommend most of the time. Uh, It's going to have more of those trace minerals. When you put the salt in the water, that can kind of trigger that hunger response. Salt makes you hungry. So, but it would help to mineralize. Um, Gotcha. There's this guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he started the snake diet. Have you heard of that? No. What is the snake diet? That's crazy. so basically, he has people fast for long periods of time and then do one meal a day for maintenance. Uh, so, But he basically just fasts people's asses off. And he gets these crazy results for fat loss and things like that. But he creates something that he calls snake juice. And that snake juice is going to be the some type of sea salt, so Himalayan or Celtic sea salt, uh, baking soda, magnesium so essentially you're getting all those electrolytes from a natural substance and you're, you're drinking that all throughout your fast and that kind of helps to keep you energized and sharp in that state of fasting so that's kind of what he teaches to do that i personally feel best when i'm it's just pure h2o nothing added in whatsoever um i th- think it's important to even clarify that people are often like well if i'm fasting for this long period of time i'm going to become malnourished i'm not getting vitamins i'm not getting minerals but the liver contains up to 30 days minimum of vitamins and minerals in the liver. So you're really taken care of. Um, and that that's what I always, the- yeah, that's what I always thought. Sorry to interrupt, but like, that's, that's what I always thought when I did a water fast, but like people were like, no, you need to take like all these different teas and like whatever to like replenish like your minerals in your body. And I was, and I was thinking to myself, but why would, why would the body not be smart enough to just have that reserved up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely does. And I think that that's a big problem with our construct right now is we've been brainwashed to think the body is stupid. 
Like, he doesn't know what's yeah. going It's always making mistakes, and we got to use man-made chemicals to fix these mistakes. And in reality, our left kidney is smarter than we are. Like, it's directly connected So I think it's important to respect the body and allow it to go through its natural processes. And so I could go different routes with that, but I'll let you ask whatever question you want. Well, it's really more just um, like, do you think we are put to doubt our bodies? Um, Yeah, so we can rely on, you know, medications, pharmaceuticals, food. uh, But like you said, the, you know, the left kidney is smarter than, you know, we are, our brain, you know, because that's where we usually think. I guess, yeah, maybe it leads to this question. What do you think about, you know, in terms of thinking with your gut and not your brain? Because, like, people talk about intuition and and go with your gut, um, and people ignore that a lot. Why, like, in a state of making a, I guess, like, a a decision of, you know, what do, like, what do I want to do? How important is that? Like, like even finding your purpose in life, going with your gut instead of your brain, there is something there and you probably know how to express it better than I do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and again, this comes back to why we've been indoctrinated to take the vaccines, take the pharmaceutical drugs, eat the fake processed food because it destroys the gut. So it destroys that connection to, to the creator or that sense of intuition. You know, like from a Christian perspective, they would say, you know, that the voice of God is that small, still voice. You know, that is your intuition. That's hearing that voice of God. And so they destroy that second brain so that we don't have that natural intuition. We can't connect to that. And then we don't even know how to follow. So our, our intuition is so disgruntled and disorganized and we can't hear it because of how polluted we are. So I think one of the best things that we can do in this construct to reconnect with that intuition is implement a regular meditation practice into your life. Mm -hmm. You know, know, prayer is about speaking things into existence. Meditation is about listening. (laughs) So it's about clearing the clutter, the mental chatter so that we can hear that small, still voice so that we can hear that intuition. And so I think that that is one of the most powerful practices that we can implement and uh well what's great is the best forms of medicine are actually all free (laughs) you know the -hmm. meditation the fasting like it's it's all free and you tap into that and that starts to get you reconnected to that intuition to be able to hear that small still voice and follow that and I, i think you're right i mean so much of the depression and the anxiety today is because people don't have a sense of purpose they don't have a sense of direction they're not connected to god or to their own intuition and man, I've been there and I can tell you that's hell on earth. That's an awful space <laughs> to be. So. Right. Yeah, that is a that is a hell on earth. Um no, excellent stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think how all these things connected with your your body is uh connected to your mind and, and your soul and your emotions. Um how do people how can people work with you? How can people get in touch with you? Uh, so my Instagram is I'm refreshed. I am refreshed. Uh, and then I have a link for my calendar. If they want to book a consultation, which I do do consultations for free. Uh, I offer 
like through Zoom or Google Meet, I also offer, I have a practice in Tulsa at Tulsa Healing. I have an office space, uh, which is on uh, 15th and Utica. So that's another way that you can get in contact with me. My Facebook is Matt Michaels, and I'm constantly posting different informational videos and content, self-help development, things like that on there. So um, any of those ways are a great way. I, you can also email me at imrefreshedllc uh, at gmail.com. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, uh, no, I just, I really appreciate this time. Um, it's amazing to speak with someone who is very aligned with just the physical realm and the spiritual realm and actually debunking a lot of myths and, uh, spreading some knowledge on, uh, what actually is well-being, um, because I think we sometimes get confused with that. And also talking about fasting, I think fasting is so key and detoxing is so key to clearing your mind and being able to to drop gems into your lap from God and actually receive what you want to manifest because uh, mm-hmm. that full alignment really only comes when you get rid of a lot of toxic spiritual entities from your body, whether it mm-hmm. comes in the form of, you know, worms or, you know, bad cells or damaged cells or whatever, you know, that's, that's why you shed those. Um, so really amazing stuff. Thanks for thanks for coming on, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here.